0: Hello, and welcome back to our podcast, The Prosecco Sessions, a weekly podcast discussing a host of topics over a glass of fizz or two.
1: Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This week Kat sends her apologies, so Pippa and I have a special guest co-host joining us, our good friend Kelly, whose blog we'll link below. Today we thought we'd delve into the topic of drinking. Let's be honest, we've probably all got our share of funny and not-so-funny experiences with alcohol. And before we start this podcast, we do want to stress that you all stay safe and drink responsibly. But with that being said, this is intended as just an honest and open conversation of our own experiences on the subject. So first off Kelly welcome to our podcast.
0: Bye. Thank you for having me. Yeah,
1: it's <laughs> quite all right so just so that you all know we've been at Pippa's house for the last three hours. <laughs> she's just made us, yeah she's <laughs> made us some lovely food <laughs> and I resisted the urge to Instagram it. Yeah. We've had some wine and we've had some Prosecco so I think mm-hmm. this is quite a topical subject for us. So, yeah. so I want to hear about your first experiences of alcohol like when you were young Mm -hmm. and then when you were old enough to get drunk for the first time? Okay so I was about 13
2: and I had a birthday party uh, at my dad's house sorry dad if you're listening I'm just I'm putting you in it here um and he thought that as a you know nice treat he'd buy us all a bottle of WKD as like a treat to, to, to share all of us like <laughs> classy we, we each had we had a couple of them so we had like some blue WKD and then we had like an orange Bacardi Breezer um and a Smirnoff Ice and stuff and we all shared and we were camping outside and we got dressed up in fancy dress and went to the local park because you know that's what all classy people do and because some of my friends from school just had never had anything to drink before they just got absolutely off their faces. It was unbelievable. And you had these people that were dressed up as clowns, fairies, dressed up as absolutely everything, throwing up behind the um, behind the, the you know, playthings in the, in the park, which was just unbelievable.
1: And just to clarify, this was all caused by your dad. Yeah, by, I know. Buying 13-year-olds oh, alcohol. I mean,
2: I think I probably tried to persuade him,
1: so I think that
2: that was probably what was going on. Um, And I think in his mind, he was like, well, if I buy it and it's only happening, you know, under my roof or whatever, then it's fine. But obviously we snuck out and then I continued to get more drunk as the night went on. And the ridiculous thing was is that if you think about how much we had that night, it was nothing. It was absolutely nothing. But I think it was the combination of sweetness and the alcohol and like probably caffeine in it or whatever. Like we were absolutely off our faces. One of the girls threw up behind um, one of the playthings, and her sick was just a horrible colour and it was just just absolutely disgusting. But that was, that was like my first proper memory of, of getting drunk. And then I think my kind of teenage years just continued like that for a very long time. Any opportunity we had a birthday party or any social occasion or anything from 13 onwards,
1: it was just WKDs at the ready and we were just hammered. It was great. <laughs> but yeah for me my experience of drinking started an awful lot younger okay (laughs) so it was always like the traditional thing that you have the one hot day of weather for like the perfect barbecue yeah and my dad would always open a bottle of wine and so from quite a young age I was allowed to have like a little glass of wine and red wine is quite strong when you're Mm -hmm. like a seven eight year old and because I didn't know any better, I thought it was kind of cool to be a bit tipsy as like a seven-year-old. So I'd always be like hamming it up like, I'm so drunk. Oh my God. <laughs> I just And I remember hideously embarrassing my parents because someone asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I didn't understand what the word meant. So I said an alcoholic. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> but having done that, I mean, that was just like a tiny bit. And it yeah, but just as a seven-year-old, yeah, yeah, of course
2: it's going to go But to it was head. just
1: like quite a natural thing in our house that you have a nice bit of food and you have a little tipple with it. But yeah, I didn't ever get drunk until I'd turned 16, which I suppose is probably quite late. Yeah, that is. Yeah. I was like a real studious person at school. I was just really focused on my studies and everything until I got past my GCSEs, got into sixth form and suddenly everyone was having 18th birthday parties Mm -hmm. like from the year above and if you like had the right connections you could get an invite even though you were in lower sixth Mm. form and that was when I discovered the world of alcohol and getting drunk and (laughs) yeah I did go through quite a period of discovering underage drinking at like 16, 17. Oh you got to do it.
2: Yeah, you gotta
1: do it. But I think my first experience of actually getting drunk, I just remember being on the dance floor, having the time of my life, and then floating to the floor and just remembering (laughs) myself on the floor going, This isn't quite right and then my friend picking me up again. And that was my first proper drunken experience because nothing hurt. I'd obviously just fallen over. But like to me, it was like just that kind of heady experience of just like, I'm floating. Oh, I'm on the floor. Oh, someone's picking me up. That's great. But yeah, apologies to anyone there that night who had to pick me up.
0: (laughs) But yeah, that's mine. What about you, Kelly? So I'd had a few drinks sort of. Maybe age 12, 13, I might get given half of someone's smell of ice or something at like a family party. Fair enough. The first time I actually got drunk wasn't because of my dad. Um, <laughs> I'd fallen in with some older kids at school. I was about fourteen. Um, we had gone into the city centre on a Saturday. One of these kids was 18, so I say kid, actually grown up buying alcohol for kids. Um, went and got us one of those gigantic bottles of frosty jack cider oh god that's disgusting (laughs) and we all kind of swigged it between us within about 20 minutes i felt hammered
2: yeah i'm not surprised it's disgusting and it's so
0: strong yeah it was bad i mean a child's liver is not designed to cope with the garbage that is in those bottles yeah I was kind of a mess Um it was midwinter we were outside in the park just kind of loitering mm-hmm. being idiots mm. then I had to get one of my friends to take me home mm-hmm. but being a kid you can sober up really quickly so I got some chips on the way home by the time I got through the front door you would never have known And I felt loads better. Really? My mum and
1: dad never knew. See, I never knew this was a thing about sobering up quicker when you're younger.
2: Yeah, I've never been able to do it. That's why I'm always so hammered. I can't do it
1: anymore. No,
2: I've I've never (laughs) been at a stage where, when I was younger, where I'd only had a little bit to
0: drink. I'd always had so much to drink that I was coming through the door like absolutely blasted. (laughs) I managed to, for quite a few years actually, till I was about sort of, Seventeen, when it was a bit more acceptable to drink, work out a really good system of going out in the daytime with all my mates. We would get drunk, and then we would be kind of soberish by the time we got back home at about nine o'clock at night. That's and so I, I went undetected. I think for the most part, for quite a while. That's it. clever. Wow! I never thought that yeah. much into it. It was always just, "Should we get drunk tonight?
2: Let's get drunk tonight." <laughs> we got drunk tonight, like, (laughs) that's literally it.
1: See, like I say, because I didn't get properly drunk until I was 16, I kind of missed all of that out, because it just was at the stage where I could say to my mum and dad, I'm going to a party, don't wait up for me. And even though my mum always did wait up in bed, it was just a case of, oh, you're back now, night, night, night. And then I got away with it. The one time I did go out drinking, which they didn't know about, I'd, like, organised with my friend. We'd both lied about where we were going. We said we were going to each other's houses. But what we actually did was get on a bus to the next town to meet a load of boys and go to the (laughs) pub. And they were old enough to buy alcohol or get away with it. And so I did get quite drunk. And... We then got the bus back to my house to stay at mine. And I didn't realize that my volume was any different. My mum was decorating at the time. So she was up a ladder. She wasn't looking at us. But I was like, hi, mum, we're back. <laughs> and she was like, Jesus Christ, Laurie, you're shouting quite a lot. And I was like, no, I'm not. Type thing. And I was like, oh, my God, she's got to work it out. And then we went upstairs. And I came down to get something and fell down the stairs. And my mum still, I don't think to this day, knows that I was drunk. But she just to, think you are being silly. She just thought I was a clumsy idiot. But there was me just like, oh my God. Somehow I really got away with it when I was younger.
2: My like, mum, yeah, I think like my mum was always really interesting. Because as soon as I hit... Uh, 17 and I went to college, uh, everyone went out. I don't know mm. what it was, everyone went out on a Monday and that was like student night where we lived. So we would just go to some dreadful bars that we knew were gonna serve us underage. I looked identical to my sister and she was old enough so I had her ID, so it was perfect. And we used to go clubbing every single Monday when I was 17. It was just absolutely insane.
1: On a Monday? Yeah, on a Monday and
2: then go to college the next day. Yeah, that was like the thing that everyone did. I was amazed that my mum let me go and do all the things that I did when I was having to go to college the next day. She would let me go out. I would get back at three o'clock in the morning and then be up at seven to go to college and everything. It was unreal. And my mum used to just let me. And when I've asked her about it and years later she's just said I knew it was a phase like I knew if I stopped you that would have been really detrimental to your sort of like social growing and everything and like you know how you got on with everybody and I just knew that you weren't so stupid that you'd get yourself in dangerous positions, but I just needed to let you get that real like heavy drinking stage out of your out of your system. And I'm so glad that she did because when I eventually went off to uni, I was pretty bored of drinking by that point. And it'd only been about a couple of years. But, you know, after, say, like my first year of uni, second and third year, I was just sort of like, this doesn't actually interest me that much because I'd done such heavy drinking. That sounds awful. Oh my God, it makes me sound such an alcohol. No, I alcohol totally... My, but, but like when you're 17, when it's fun, 16, 17, when it's underage and everything, it's so much more
0: exciting than when you can actually legally drink. You're just not as interested. Yeah. There's something that feels almost taboo about it yeah. or like you said, exciting. And I think you've got hormones flying all over the place anyway. And yeah. then when you drink, it feels that much more powerful, intense. Yeah. yeah. It intensifies everything and then you get a little bit hooked on it and it's kind of Yeah, you want to do it every week every weekend well
2: you but the problem is is that you associate drinking with having fun and Mm. socializing and seeing everybody and i actually don't think that that's something that changes through your life because i think like it'll be interesting for us to talk about how much we drink now because i know in comparison to those days obviously i'm talking about when i was sort of 16 through to 21 when i finished uni now i drink such a small amount in comparison how much do you guys drink
1: ah see I don't know because I went through the drinking stage when I was younger and it was binge drinking Mm. and I agree with you in that it's kind of being surrounded by your peers everyone's doing it and for me I was quite introverted so yeah like I say I was very studious up until finishing my GCSEs And then I like didn't have much of a social life and then discovered alcohol and all of my friends were going out. And suddenly I was like, this is a way for me to relax and sort of open up a little bit, Mm. like loosen off by having a drink. And it was just kind of a natural thing to do at that time. I didn't find anything bad in it. I didn't think I had any kind of a problem. And just to clarify, I didn't have any kind of a problem. (laughs) It was just like social drinking, but it was just like a phase that I went through. I'm pretty similar to you. By the time I was 18, I was done with it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I've I've been through those drunken moments. I mean, luckily for me, I never binge drunk to the excess that some of my friends did. I was always kind of looking at them and going, I don't want to be that girl throwing up in the corner. Oh, that was me many a times. No, I never did that. (laughs) (laughs) I, I was always kind of, I still had a boundary and like the one time that I got so drunk that I couldn't remember anything it really scared me Mm -hmm. and so I I knew to pull back from that Mm -hmm. that experience and say no I don't want to do that again whereas now I wouldn't say that I binge drink or anything like that but I went through about 10 years of not really drinking anything at all now I do drink quite regularly (laughs) It doesn't help that we have a
2: podcast called the Prosecco Sessions, really does it? it? Because it means on a weekly basis you're popping open a bottle just to drink to yourself.
1: Yeah, but whereas (laughs) it used to be go out, drink to release your inhibitions and sort of be more sociable with something, now it's kind of the more adult version of it. Where I'm like, oh, made a nice meal, I'm going to open a nice bottle of wine Mm. with it. I mean, I I can't drink a full bottle on my own. God no, (laughs) I'm I'm such a lightweight. So sometimes I'll buy myself the little mini bottles, yeah. just so that if I fancy it, I can go, oh, do you know what I fancy? Fancy a drink. But, yeah. But yeah, so I think probably I drink as much now as I did when I was a teen, oh God, but I really? drink it over a week, as opposed to in one night. Yeah, that's the difference. And it's drinking for the enjoyment of having a nice bottle of wine or a nice Prosecco, yeah. rather than... I'm going to drink
0: because I want to feel a certain way and when get drunk drink.
2: Yeah. yeah what about you mm.
0: for me it's kind of varied over the years it definitely fluctuated when I went off to uni because I had been living in a town where there wasn't that much to do and there weren't any nightclubs I wasn't used to actually going out and getting drunk mm. so it was like this huge playground for me <laughs> of this club night and that club night and oh my god these drinks are a pound and I went through a phase of just every student I, I could get my hands on I was going out and yeah. spending as much as I physically could which still wasn't a lot because the drinks were so cheap yeah getting really bladdered sometimes blacking out I once forgot who my friend was when he was walking me home and started thinking <laughs> he was a stranger who <laughs> was following me he oh, wasn't no. he was looking after me so I definitely had a phase and then I think since I've kind of come back from uni working moved up from home it's become a bit more relaxed I'll have a glass of wine to unwind however I still have a lot of the same friends in my hometown I did before I left they are big drinkers so I do find myself kind of watching people get drunk around me and sometimes I'll join in the hangovers are worse yeah, I regret oh it. god, yeah. And sometimes I don't, but I think I'm more okay now with kind of just letting people do what they want to do, and I feel relaxed enough to have a good time. Mm. I think when you're younger, you perhaps drink a bit more than you would now to kind of loosen yourself up, yeah, and kind of ease your anxieties, yeah. I, don't I need it now. Yeah, I
2: think that that actually is a really interesting point because a lot of the conversations you have with people is about the pressure to drink. Mm. Even now, and I find it really, really amazing that this is the case, even now I still feel quite a lot of pressure to drink. Yeah. And, I mean, like, I don't mind saying, but I was really ill last year and now I can't drink, like, quite a few different things and I have to really watch, like, how much I drink Um, I have to be really careful with things like that. And even when I explain that to people in the kind of of briefest way possible, I still feel like they think I'm being really uptight. And I actually had somebody recently say that I was being uptight about drinking because I wouldn't do shots of a spirit that I'd never heard of before. And the reason why I didn't want to do it, it wasn't me being a dick. It was because... I didn't know what was in it and I didn't know how that was going to make my body feel kind of thing. I didn't know how that was going to, my body was going to react to it. And it was insane that like I'm 26 years old yeah. and there's still people that can't just be accepting if you don't want to get absolutely off your face. I find that yeah. really interesting. Do you,
1: do you feel that? Oh, absolutely. definitely. I went to a friend's party about a month ago. And anyone that knows me knows that I'm a bit of a grazer when it comes to both food and drink. So if you pour me a glass of wine, I'll still be holding it an hour later and just sipping it very slowly. I'm not the sort of person who just downs a glass of something. Mm. And I was out at this party and most of the people there I didn't know. And I didn't know quite how big drinkers they were, but like I say, I like to sip something for an hour. Whereas it was a case of, drink up, we're going on to the next one it was almost seen as an encouragement for me to down my drink. Yeah. And like they were like, yeah, she's downed it. On to the next place. And it was kind of like, yeah, I know that I shouldn't be doing this because I know that my body can't take it. Yeah. But at the same time they're all encouraging me and that felt good. Felt good, yeah. And so like you're how old? Twenty six. Twenty-six. I'm thirty six. So just let me tell you <laughs> it, it <laughs> doesn't, doesn't get better. Leave. Like yeah. there's still that peer pressure to do something. And the problem with me is once I've had too much to drink, it's like a little valve. <laughs> <laughs> be- because it goes from the point of me going, be sensible, Laura, have some water, do this, to just like, no, it's past that point now. And I don't know where that point is. Yeah, I mm-hmm. still don't. And it really scares me. So yeah. I-, I don't do it very often now. And that time when I went out, like that valve got pushed mm. and I... The next day I was just mortified because I was like I don't want to drink that much. And it's not to say anything bad to any of them. They weren't like mm. let's get Laura wasted. <laughs> no. They just didn't know my limits yeah. and they were having fun. And it is just one of those things for some reason it seems to be quite cool to get hammered. To get hammered. Yeah. And I don't know, I just have like a control issue over it now you don't like, really embarrass yourself. I think that's fair enough. I don't want to embarrass myself, but also it's like the safety aspect of yeah. it as well.
0: Mm-hmm. In that
1: if you're not in control of yourself and you can't remember what you've done, that's a scary thing to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. So like, I do feel like there is a peer pressure mm. and I feel like I constantly have to kind of fight against it and be like, just because someone is saying this is a fun thing to do yes have fun but at the same time I've still got to know my own limits and try and look after myself at the same time Mm -hmm. what do you think
0: yeah definitely the safety aspect I never thought when I was younger about any of the implications of my actions Mm. I would just wander home from a uni night out through the center of Leicester through the middle of a dimly lit park i'm so sorry to my parents if you're listening because i probably should have gotten a cab Mm -hmm. and i'd end up at home i wouldn't quite know how i'd gotten there and then you'd hear stories about people being attacked and all kinds of things and it never entered my head maybe i shouldn't drink as much maybe i should book a cab home you're on a mission to do whatever you want to do and get as drunk as you want to get but now I'm older, I'm really, really hyper aware of that kind of thing. So especially if I'm away from home or if I'm in London, I need to know the tube map. I am a little bit more careful about what I drink yeah, and yeah. how much. Well, I actually think
2: that's really interesting um, because when we were younger, yeah, people didn't really care as much. But I think also if you made a fool out of yourself or somebody you knew made a fool out of yourself... I think you all got over it a lot quicker than you do mm-hmm. now. So like I remember when I was at college and I i don't drink vodka anymore because I learned very early on in my drinking career that uh, vodka is not the one for me. <laughs> and I got incredibly drunk with um, a friend in the city center and didn't remember anything from very early on in the night. And it was a cheap bottle of own brand vodka from from tesco's and i literally polished it off it was disgusting like if you think about it now that's absolutely ridiculous people got over it two days later somebody else had done it so it was i was old news as far as they were concerned whereas now i feel a lot more pressure now to not get drunk and
1: potentially have the chance to make a fool out of myself Well, like on the party that I went to. For them, they would all be the same kind of level of drunk. When we were sat in the first bar, they were sharing some of their funny stories about funny drunk things that have happened. Like one of them mistaking another person's room for the toilet and walking in butt naked and everyone was laughing about it it was like not a shameful thing or anything like that that's good though in some ways it is good but for me it's it's the fact that as you get older there's usually someone who either can't drink because they're on medication or they're the designated driver yeah or they're going yeah i'm not really into drinking tonight you're not all at the same level yeah and that's when i think it becomes a problem i think it's like as well it depends on what people are drinking mm. so for example i don't drink
2: wine but i drink gin and one of my friends only drinks wine and one of my friends only drinks vodka and sometimes we'll talk about a night out the next day and we'll have a completely different recollection of it <laughs>
0: yeah absolutely i have a lot of friends that are kind of beer and cider drinkers but I prefer to drink wine or spirits. That hits you so um, much quicker. Yeah, but they will order the rounds at the same rate. So I'm there. They've ordered me a double of whatever. Yeah. They just keep coming. The rounds keep coming. There are four beers in. I'm like half a litre of vodka in at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Having the best time. You're Again, not the same. That We are not having the same experience. Yeah. But it's the same as being... If you've ever been the sober person on a night out and... I don't mind it so much now, but when I was younger, you'd feel kind of, A, a bit left out, and B, you'd be looking at everybody getting progressively drunker, and you'd be thinking, are these the same people? What's going on here? Because the way people behave, yeah, you have this kind of window in that you wouldn't normally have if you're all the same level of drunk, and yeah. it's bizarre. Yeah, it's
2: yeah. really unusual. So what would you say is your kind of favorite scenario to have alcohol in now?
1: Oh, see, I'm I'm so old now. <laughs> <laughs> like I really like cooking. Yeah. And so I'll make a nice meal. And Do you have a
2: wine that complements your meal? Is that how, what you're like?
1: I wouldn't say I'm that far. My boyfriend is. He he spends ages in the wine aisle, and he'll be picking up every bottle and looking at the label. <laughs> and like when I first got together with him, and his whole family are quite into their wines. He was like, "Oh yeah, just bring a wine round going to a family dinner," and I'd be panicking, going, "I don't know." What, yeah. what is a good wine yeah. so I'd just be like what's over 10 pounds yeah <laughs> but that isn't always the case that's it, the thing that's, that's yeah. very true but like yeah for me now I wouldn't say I'm very good at pairing the different yeah wines and I'm at that level but I do know what I like and I kind of go oh I'm having a nice like a spaghetti bolognese so I'm gonna have a red wine with that yeah. and that sort of thing Ooh. and it's not doing it to get drunk it's it's complimentary yeah it's it's kind of a weird thing because I know that alcohol does make you drunk, but it's more just part of the nice experience of yeah. having a nice meal. Yeah. And when I go out, I'll have a nice glass of something, but it doesn't mean I'm doing it to get hammered. Yeah. It's just part of the experience. Yeah. So that's kind of how I feel comfortable drinking now. And I'm much more comfortable drinking in the comfort of my own home. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's very weird though because i very, very seldom drink anything on my own it's still a social thing for me it just doesn't even occur to me yeah it's it's social
2: yeah yeah I think that's the same for me so I have a couple of different variations of when I drink like quite often I'll go for sort of after work drinks or dinner and I will have a gin and tonic without fail if someone else is having an alcoholic drink Mm. if someone else isn't having an alcoholic drink then I will be absolutely fine not having one unless I've had like a really shoddy day so that's normally like my go-to and then even when I go on a night out um which doesn't happen very often it's more like occasions or Something's going on with work colleagues or whatever, then I will again have gin and tonics then. But then there's also that odd occasion where, I mean, I love a bottomless brunch. I absolutely love a bottomless brunch. They are one of my favourite things to do because not only do you get an unlimited supply of drink and food quite often, you go in the morning, you're hammered during the day, and by the time you get home and go to bed, you're hungover. So you wake up the next day and you're absolutely fine. (laughs) it's the best thing ever it's it's amazing amazing. I know it's the best thing ever because basically it means that you don't have that horrific sort of wasting a day the next day because you've got so blottoed the night before that you can't do anything so Mm. that's I'm a big fan of that but I am actually the same as you as well though I find it doesn't necessarily have to be my home but if I'm in someone else's home and I'm staying over or I know I can get a taxi back, not necessarily the tube or anything, then I'm so much happier to drink more Mm. than I would be if I was out on a night out. I mean, I would still get drunk on a night out from time to time, but I know that I'll always have a little voice in the back of my head sort of being like, oh, watch out, you know, be careful, you know, even if it's don't spend too much money or don't drink too much. Whereas when I'm at a friend's house, I just feel like, your inhibitions kind of go and you just feel so much more
1: comfortable because you're in a trusting and, like, safe environment. You're in a safe space. (laughs) (laughs) See, I definitely have rules about drinking, sort of when situations lend themselves to being able to have more of a drink than others. Like, sitting round with you girls, I'm quite happy to finish off a bottle. Yeah. Although, to be fair, it's not like any of us are getting blotto, is it? It's like we've been drinking... For a few hours, and it's the same thing. Like, we've been sipping on yeah. a drink. We're not like, it's casual. hey, bottle number three after shots. <laughs> shots. Jager bombs. <laughs> but that's very different to going to a work do, and I've learned that the hard way. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh. So, I've been drunk myself and been quite embarrassed the next day I, I didn't do anything wrong but i'm not the sort of person who shows emotion <laughs> at work or anything and i was like going through a time in my life where it was a bit more emotional and so the alcohol when it hit me just at the end of the night when it all went quiet i was like oh am teary and it was so embarrassing and i just
0: vowed never to
1: do that yeah, again be careful
0: uh, so my ideal drinking scenario i'm lucky enough to live a Four minute walk away from our local pub. All my friends, yeah, I know, (laughs) or unlucky, depending on how you think about it. Yeah. So we will just congregate there as a group of friends every couple of weeks, just sit and chat. The banter is flowing because we've all known each other for years. It's all quite that relaxed. Sounds nice. You can get drunk yeah. if you fancy it. The rounds will always keep coming, like I said. <laughs> you don't have to. So sometimes I go and I think, oh, I want to get up early tomorrow and go to the gym. I'll just kind of have a couple and join in with the chat or whatever. Sometimes I'll go hard. It just depends how yeah. I feel. Yeah. And so that's kind of my ideal scenario. Um, talking about work, that's probably my absolute nightmare scenario. Yeah. And it's so hard to Navigate every workplace is different. I've had workplaces where nobody really drinks, and you go to a party or a Christmas dinner, and you think, Oh, this is a bit stiff. Mm. And then I've been to parties before where there have been drugs and (coughs) a lot of alcohol, and people behaving really, really badly. So much so that one particular party I just ended up taking myself out of it, and I was like, This is too much. I'm getting a cab home, I can't do this. So, kind of two extremes, really. Nice pub. Excellent. Crazy work, <laughs> do Not so much. I think, I think
2: people like to let their hair down. And do yeah. you know what? I think it's really... Weird as well because quite often what happens is you can tell it's like Sue from accounts that doesn't speak to anyone all day, Mm. and then suddenly you go on a work do, and then she's like doing shots out of her belly button or something, (laughs) and you're like, What on
1: earth is going on here? And it's always the quiet ones that just suddenly come out of their shell absolutely (laughs) loads. But I think there's very much a difference between being able to do your work during the day and be quite sensible and go out and have some fun and then being that person that takes it too far. Yeah. And I think that's the mistake that too many people make in that they're like, yeah, time to let loose. But there's always someone who like goes above and beyond everyone else. Yeah. And that's when it can get quite either embarrassing or awkward. I think it
2: depends on whether it's the same person every time mm. or whether it's a kind of one-off where someone just misses read their abilities to drink because i think one of the problems with society this is going to go very deep is the fact that actually if people get very drunk then people jump to take the mickey out of them and really really rip it out of them but actually I just think make a comment about the fact that they were a bit of a dick make a comment about the fact that you were worried about them or anything like that but I think the more and more that people go on about it the worse you feel about yourself and obviously yeah maybe you'll learn a lesson from that and you won't go and do it again but nine times out of ten most people haven't purposefully gone out to go and get Absolute off their face mm-hmm. and at my last job there was a girl that got very drunk uh, on a night out once and you know and, and there were people at work that didn't let her live it down for a really long time and it meant that then she didn't come on a couple of social things because she felt like she didn't want to be put in a position where she could potentially have that happen again i don't know i kind of feel like you should just be a bit more like, ha ah, yeah, that was funny. You're an idiot. Let's get over it. Just leave it there. Because I don't know about you. And actually, Kelly and I, we've spoken about this a couple of times before, where my hangover anxiety has grown and grown and grown over the years. And in my 20s, especially in the last three years, my hangover anxiety has been horrendous. Mm-hmm. So much so that it sometimes puts me off drinking at all.
1: See, I'm really curious to hear about your hangovers because I've had a couple. Oh, go away. (laughs) What?
0: She doesn't get hangovers. I am outraged. I know. But like I say,
1: when I went to that party and I got far drunker than I wanted to and my boyfriend was most amazed the next morning that he said, how are you? And I was like feeling a little bit embarrassed about about it right now. (laughs) And he was like, no, I mean like physically... you haven't been sick or anything and i was like no i don't really do sick he <laughs> was like what do you mean yeah, yeah but then at the
2: same time you haven't had many experiences where you've got so drunk that you don't remember anything because uh, you didn't go to uni and i think that makes a massive difference to it yeah. because mm. like having a hangover was like a rite of passage at uni it was such a common thing that people would turn up to lectures really really hungover and it was also a very common thing that you'd get so drunk that you didn't remember what you did last night yeah. and mean, then it's not surprising you ever have a horrendous hangover.
1: I mean like hangover wise I think when I've drunk to excess and it tends to be if I've had spirits which I don't tend to have now because I've learned from it that they make me feel awful mm-hmm. um, and make me feel really queasy but yeah it's the next morning when you wake up and you've got sweats and no. I don't, don't like that at all <sighs> so I tend to avoid that but Me and my boyfriend will share a bottle of wine between us And the next day he'll be like Oh I'm getting too old for this I've like had a hammering headache Whereas I'm like "No, I feel alright And he's more sensible than me In terms of he'll drink a full bottle of water Before he goes to bed And I tend to go "No, I've had enough to drink I'm just going to like want to go to the toilet all night If I drink (laughs) any more So I'm just like "No, I'll be fine I sometimes wake up with a dry mouth But On our little WhatsApp chats, I'm speaking to you and Kat, usually, and you're going, oh my god, I'm still in bed, I am hanging so badly.
0: And I don't tend to get that. Oh, I hate you. We do, don't we? Mine progressively have gotten worse and worse and worse. I think the first time I felt really awful was the night when I forgot who my friend was when he was walking me home. I had thrown up basically in my sleep Oh no into my own bed oh. onto the floor next to me and in the night I have no recollection of this but my housemate told me all about it um, I had then drunkenly tried to hoover up my own vomit. Oh. I then, that was about three o'clock in the morning and I then woke up nine hours later to my friend knocking on my door asking if I was okay. God. I could not move. I felt like I had fallen into a depressive hole. Yeah. Of, oh my God, what have I done? Well, it's, it's the paranoia of,
2: of the fact that you don't remember anything yeah. that makes you so anxious. And your friends can't give you a perfect
0: recollection of what happened because they were normally just as drunk. Exactly. And the room was spinning and I remember eventually crawling to a nearby KFC about (laughs) two hours later because I needed to put something in my stomach. Yeah. And they've gotten progressively worse ever since. The thing is I know my limits but sometimes I just don't care and then I remember why I should care. When I wake up in the morning, yeah, I rarely throw up. That was one of the probably two or three times in my life really? I've ever thrown up, so I'm quite lucky in Ooh. that respect. But nausea, the sweats, waking up several times in the night,
2: and
0: not being able to eat anything until tea time the next day, it's kind of getting worse as I get older, which I know is the worst. Oh, yeah. it's the worst. I try and help myself as much as possible. So
2: normally, when I go on a night out um, in London, um, my journey home it comes through Liverpool Street, and there is a huge McDonald's right at Liverpool Street Station. Oh. And my housemates and I know that we have not completed an adequate evening out if it hasn't ended with a trip to McDonald's. Absolutely. So I find now that the I will feel worse with a hangover if I haven't eaten anything on the night, like at the end of the night. Yeah. So it could be four o'clock in the morning and i'm sat outside on the steps at liverpool street and eating at mcdonald's but i know full well that as much as it tastes good in that moment it's gonna help me dramatically the next day yeah but i think with my hangovers sometimes i'm a bit conflicted about what it is that i'm feeling because sometimes i think i'm just really really tired because if Mm -hmm. it's a proper hangover where i've been out i'm normally out until quite late and, and i need to make a point. That happens very rarely. I'm not like a big clubber or a bar person. I'm much more of a kind of pub and casual drinks kind of thing. But when you do go out, it normally does tend to be the kind of situation where you don't end up getting home until the early hours of the morning. And that in itself is a massive shock to your system when you're used to getting like a good eight eight hours sleep or something. And I think that just sometimes throws you out of whack. But my boyfriend, I love him dearly, but he drives me insane sometimes because when he has a hangover he is like the world has swallowed him up and he's dying and he can't take and he's absolutely dreadful. But if I've got a hangover, then he will, without a shadow of a doubt, tell me, right, get up, have a shower, go and eat some food, go outside, have a load of water and just get going with the day. And I know that he's right. But in that moment, I just want him to tell him where to go because I feel like arse. So it just, you know, it's very easy to give advice on how to handle a hangover, but every single person is different without like that's
1: just the case we're just so different
0: completely
1: so when you talked about sleeping that's one thing i do suffer from if i've had a heavy night of drinking or just drunk like a bottle of wine or something i will get to sleep okay but i'm much more likely to wake up early in the morning and not be able to get back to sleep which is really annoying it was probably about two years ago ended up having far too much woke up ridiculously early in the morning got really bored. And decided that I felt really guilty about the fact that I'd had too much to drink. And I was like, Laura, you're not being healthy with your body and everything. And I was like, I know what I'll do. I'll go for a run. And I don't know if it was because I was still drunk that it gave me the idea. And I found it quite an amusing thing that I was like, yeah, I'm going to (laughs) just pull on my gym gear and go for a run. But I got out, had a run. And halfway round, I was like, mmm... (laughs) I don't know how I feel about this. I'm kind of quite in a euphoria and at the same time thinking, this isn't right. Got back home. I'd done everything I would normally do with a run. I'd set my Garmin watch on. I timed it. Got back and it said, congratulations, you've done a personal best for a 5K. (gasps) And I was like... This is amazing. I need to get drunk Now, obviously, I'd got up early. I'd had a skinful and I hadn't had anything to eat. Ten minutes after I got back, I hit some kind of wall. And it was like nothing I'd ever experienced before. I was literally, my head was on the table. I was shaking yeah. so badly. And I was just like, I need to eat something. Yeah. Wow. But I, I couldn't get up I was like I'm going to pass out or something yeah and it was like there was just obviously nothing in me but alcohol that had fueled that run <laughs> and then I'd burnt it all on the way round and just had nothing left in me so like I say it was like the best and the worst experience ever so long story short if you really want to get a personal best go out <laughs> after a skimful But make sure there's someone to force feed you as soon as you get back in because that was my mistake.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that that is my example of what I like to call a progressive hangover. So I can be an absolute twat the morning after a night out because I will get up and I'll be like, I feel fine. I feel absolutely fine and dandy. Look at me. Ha ha, you were also hungover. Come midday and then the hours that follow after that and I feel like death warmed up. I can't move and I just want to sleep and my eyes hurt and my head hurts and my back hurts and my leg hurts. Like literally, I just fall to pieces. But in the morning, and it's probably because I'm still drunk, (laughs) I feel like I'm on top of the world. I will quite often have plans the day after drinking because it's a weekend or something. And I will be like, right, just got to get up. I'll feel fine. You know, absolutely great. And then I'll get to that thing and I'll be dying in front of a whole group of people <laughs> and I just don't know what to say to them. And I'm like, I just can't even look at you anymore because oh, I feel no. so gross. Oh. So, you know, my hangovers really, really vary. And quite often, as much as I don't want to admit that he's right, you know, getting up and, and moving can help. But it really does depend on the, how
0: much I have had the night before. I need stodge. I need carbs. I need fat i need sugar
2: guys this definitely goes on to the point of is it worth it
1: i still think it is sometimes um i i don't think drinking to excess is ever healthy and i don't condone it (laughs) but i do think it's something that a lot of people will still do yeah Um, yeah me included no matter how many times i say to myself I am never doing this again. You just know that when the occasion arises, it's going to happen. I don't think it's a healthy thing to be doing regularly and I certainly would get worried if I was ever craving it. I sometimes feel like quite concerned that I might put out the wrong impression. Like I've I've sometimes tweeted or on Instagram stories said before, it's been a hell of a week, I can't get wait to get home and have a glass of wine. And I kind of then think, does that sound really bad? Because I don't mean it in like a I'm craving it, I have to have it kind of a way.
0: Yeah. It's
1: just like a nice thing to do at the end of a bad week.
0: I think there's a big difference between thinking oh, I'd love a glass of wine to de-stress, I've been really busy, I just want to have some me time and relax and thinking every time you get home from work every single day, God, I need to open another bottle. Yeah. yeah. And there's a very fine line. I think it's quite easy for people to kind of stray into dangerous territory. But as long as you know it's every so often and not every single day, yeah. then I think it can be healthy. I think it can be a way to unwind. I hate to sound like my
2: dad, but like everything in moderation, I just think that if you know you're going to go on a massive bender, then, you know, you might want to try and be healthy or I say that in inverted commas because obviously that's different for everyone, um, the, a few days before and a few days afterwards, you know, you might want to balance it out. I think that there, it's very easy, especially I think in a city lifestyle, to drink in excess on a regular basis. I think that can be really, really dangerous. But I think that actually, and I don't think I've said this to many people, but getting ill made me change my perspective on alcohol so much. Um, because I used to just drink pretty much whenever beforehand and now I almost savor it so much more
1: Mm.
2: so I think that alcohol and the hangovers and all of that is worth it as long as I'm honest with myself about my intentions and my reasoning and kind of why I'm going out to get have a drink or get drunk Mm. do you know what I mean
1: I think that's a good point to end this discussion on so hope you've enjoyed it everyone and like I say this is just a little discussion based on our own experiences and we're certainly not saying that we're encouraging excessive alcohol use and there are people that I know that don't drink alcohol at all and don't need to and have yeah. a bloody brilliant time and one thing that I've definitely learned is not to like disparage them or say oh there's no fun in that yeah, like, have a drink because it's not about that and I think that's what we're kind of saying that we've all learned over the years.
2: You've just got to do what suits you and I think we almost end so many podcasts saying similar things to that but I think when in particular when it comes to alcohol you just need to drink however much you want, drink whatever it is that you want and not feel like pressured into doing or or saying or whatever anything that you don't feel comfortable with
1: definitely Definitely. so i think all that remains to be said is thank you very much kelly for (laughs) guest hosting with us today
0: thank you for my indoctrination
1: (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah having said all of that um this is the prosecco sessions so we always (laughs) end this podcast in the same way so all that remains to be said is...
0: Cheers! You have been listening to the Prosecco Sessions with me, Kat Raymond, and co-hosts Pippa Artis and Laura Chambers. If you love it, sub it! And if you enjoy the podcast, make sure to rate it five stars and share so others can find it. Thank you so much for listening and tune in to our next episode.